All right, what is going on, everybody? My name is Eric Velasquez, and I am interviewing all the candidates, uh, well, as many as I can, um, for the upcoming city elections for San Antonio. Um, the elections will be starting for early voting is April 19th and ends April 27th, and election day is actually May 1st. Um, so right now, we will be talking to a District 2 candidate. Um, we did so earlier as well, so let's let's jump into it. Hey, Christy, how are you? I'm good, Eric. How are you? Thanks for having good. me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming on. Um, I know we were supposed to have you on earlier, but then that's when that whole... The storm. Snow Snowmageddon. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I it, it was sad, you know, everything that was happening. And, you know, we saw the community rally up together. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to jump into it. But I, I do want to jump in. Let, let's just jump into that By whole scenario means, of, <laughs> yeah. So what what are some things that that you saw that could have been handled differently by by city, the city council, so on and so forth. So I think first and foremost, because my background is is first in communications, I've got to say the communications that came from city officials. But realistically, we got to. It was the mayor that was leading that charge for all the communications and then CPS behind that and then SAWS. You know, as I watched the information that CPS was putting out, all I kept thinking was how practical is that for my neighbors? How practical is that for the Miss Bettis or Mr. Gonzalez or Mrs. Jackson that cannot leave their home? And maybe they, they only leave their home once a month. And they may or may not be getting deliveries of food to them. They didn't understand. So I asked my son and my husband uh, for us to kind of just go outside and, and start walking down the block. Interestingly enough, when the power went out, our area, because I'm right behind the Alamo Dome. So a lot of people thought I would have had power. And the Alamo Dome did, and their lights were on, but I didn't. And no one behind me either so we didn't our power didn't come on until sunday uh, i'm sorry thursday sorry thursday and we went down through some of the houses and said are you okay what do you need what's going on and everybody was still in really good spirits very cold mm. but all they needed was like a little bit of water a little bit of food i mean they were they were doing okay but just for it to have happen and them not know what's going on they didn't have smartphones to yeah. get on social media. They, yeah. they had none of that. And how do you get to those homes to let them know? Two of my neighbors, we went to, we had to go to their breaker boxes to switch on the power because they didn't know it was on. Their breaker mm -hmm. tripped. Mm -hmm. So they could have gone another week or two and never wow. known. Yeah. I mean, but that's the kind of the place that I come from. I grew up in a very small city, not here in San Antonio, just two hours south of here. And that's that's how it's always been. You gotta go check on those folks. Right. Make sure they're in touch. Yeah, but, definitely. But, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, but they could have done a better job of focusing in the language, making sure that, you know, the trucks were out and touching people because CPS does have additional staff they could have safely gone out there and done something at least to check on folks. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so with that, what are some things that you would like to do if you are elected to kind of bridge that digital divide, right, of people that don't have access to cell phones and, and Internet? Um, how do you plan on bridging that gap? Well, you know, the thing we have to go back to is the old fashioned way is the best way. And before the storm, you know, we should have been better prepared. There should have been people hitting the streets and making sure we were getting something in the newspaper. And the, the positive thing is, is look, if the storm isn't that bad, okay, you did all that and it was still a good thing for people. They saw you, they heard you, and you made sure that they were gonna be okay. But we would have had more advanced communication. If I was the person in council, we would have done it a week in advance, then we would have done it several days in advance and pray to God that we didn't need any of it. Yeah, what, what's that old saying? It's better to have it and not need it than, than not have it and need it. <laughs> Absolutely. Darn right. <laughs> um, all right. So, and I do want to make sure I notate that anybody that does want to hop into the conversation, into the live stream, you can. You, just by clicking the link down below, you can actually jump in and ask Ms. Villanueva uh, a question directly. It's just that way it doesn't get lost in translation when we're trying to look at it on the comments. Um, because uh, we want to make sure it's an open forum uh, for anybody to to share your thoughts, uh, but also do it respectively as well, um, and keep it to local politics, not uh, not national politics. Um, <laughs> uh, Steve Duran says, "What are your thoughts about defunding police?" So I know this has been going on for a long time, but you know I look at the big picture of things related to defunding, and I don't agree with it. Defunding is not the answer. Now, do we need to look at policies and procedures? Do we need to look at how the we feed on the budget, the police department? Um, do we need to look at leadership and what's going on? Absolutely. And that, Eric, I'll just go ahead because I know you're probably going to ask me about collective right. bargaining. Yeah. You know, that is, I know that a lot of people are very upset about collective bargaining and it, and it gives the impression that cops are getting away with stuff but we need to fix what's on the contract we don't need to completely throw the baby out with the bathwater and get rid of the contract 100 percent. this is like anything like in business like in you know buying a home i need to adjust this language so it'll have x impact but if i throw the whole contract out then it's going to have a more significant impact, a negative impact. And and I have to kind of preface that by saying, look, my mom worked for the police department as a clerk for 22 years. I grew up in the police department watching all of this go on, you know, people being brought in, paperwork being processed, that sort of stuff. When you don't allow them that collective bargaining piece, because this doesn't just affect the cops, this affects civilian employees, both on police and fire. And those people hardly have a voice already. So we don't want to take even more away from them than they already have. They struggle. And I watched my mom struggle. Right. And, and so what do you say to those? Because um, I think we actually had some of the people from SAP, Fix SAPD on here. Um, and they were saying that you repeal the collective bargaining agreement, right? So that way there could be a new one established. Um, 
So what do you say to that, uh, that situation? <laughs> I don't think that's not, to me, that's not the answer today. Now, we all have to collaborate and figure out what the best answer is together. But if we completely take what they're doing, what that referendum is going to do is completely take this off the table. And now we're going to have to rely on the folks at City Hall and others to craft a new one along with uh, SAPOA. And what are we going to have on this new go round? I mean, that's what concerns me. What mm -hmm. other things now you're giving them time to stick more stuff in that maybe we don't want. And now we've mm -hmm. got to go through this whole process again of spending taxpayer money. Hey, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Not when you just have to take these two chapters and start making adjustments, make it longer, make it shorter, adjust just the wording and what the impact is. And, what, right. and, and sorry, before second to that, what they're talking about holding police officers accountable, we have to remember that is a state level issue. So that means we got to partner this piece of redoing those chapters with our legislative legislative officials at the at the state level. Right, um, and, and I know there are there are some accountability police accountability groups. They are not for defunding police, and and. Um, and I don't want to speak for Fix SAPD, and I, I think they said that they didn't want to do defunding, but I, I don't know. But there's also that term, too, and that 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 has been widely um, spread out really big. Mm -hmm. And I know some have said that they don't want to defund. They want to make sure there's accountability. So, Absolutely. you know, yes. I, I, I think both sides need to come to some type of agreement. Um, mm -hmm. But it seems like nobody wants to hear each other out. <laughs> That's what <laughs> exactly. it sounds like. I agree. Um, and then, you know, Eric, and then what we have to remember as all of us that we talk about these issues all the time mm -hmm. is the general population. And as I'm knocking on doors, this is what I'm finding. They've probably only heard about one to 5% of everything we've said over the last six months. Right. So if we get it wrong, this is going to have a bigger impact. And that's what I'm fearful of for our neighborhoods mm -hmm. all, all across the city. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, even even last year when I ran, I I know a lot of people were concerned about security and and mm -hmm. having the police presence there. There wasn't enough supposedly, you yes. know, to them. So I, I don't know. I think there there seems to be a couple of different sizes. There's, there's people that just want to live their lives and you know just make sure they can go to work and and do whatever they can. Um, so I think this is definitely going to you know, create a lot of issue right now, but, but I think people just want to live their life peacefully. It Absolutely. seems like, you know what I mean? Which is yes. what it should be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, Jim says, why are you the best candidate for district two? And there are a lot of people in mm -hmm. this race. So yeah. What, what makes you feel like you are the best candidate? Well, we are in a field of 12 different candidates. So I'm going to say that that is a blessing to District 2 because that means voters have a huge variety to pick from. But at the end of the day, I can tell you, you know, I've got a lot of years ahead of me. So if I could be blessed and stay in this job, it would be fantastic. Uh, but on top of that, what the voters want to know is, look, I have a business background. I have been running a Chamber of Commerce for the last few years. Before that, I was in construction and leadership. I have run volunteer teams 
I have run paid teams, large scale. I have run multi-million dollar construction projects by myself with my team. So that experience really comes in handy in something like this. And then on top of that, I've spent the last 10 years working on policy. So that's the positive thing. You want somebody not who's going to be throwing parties and who's entitled to this position. You want somebody who's going to walk into city hall on day one and say, all right, people, let's get to work. We got a lot of work to do. And this is all for our neighborhood. And mm. and that's why I feel like I'm the best person. Gotcha. Um William says uh, that your son is a great community advocate as chief of staff for state rep Ray Lopez. <laughs> Christy brings a wealth of experience and connections that will benefit D2. Um, um, very kind. <laughs> thank you, Will. <laughs> uh, Daniel, um, would you would you like to come in? Or it doesn't look like you have your mic set up. Um, if you want to come in, you can. Uh, just make sure I would probably drop out and drop back in so you could enable your microphone and and video so you can ask a question um because right now it's showing that you're you're in but i can't bring you in because you don't have any mic or uh or audio uh, video set up um so i think this is a response to earlier um again this is the 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 link to jump into the stream you can come in and, and actually ask a question directly to christy um if you'd like um let's see here uh, Steve said that's why she's making it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you, Steve. So, can you share uh, your th- Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to, you know, since we have a captive audience, you know, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the 12 candidates, you know, a lot of us, all 12 are having issues fundraising because there's so many of us. And it's interesting how this race will play out over the next, what is it? 57 days, I think, mm-hmm. um, that we have left because there are a lot of people that normally support candidates, a variety of candidates, and nobody wants to jump in into the runoff. No, so that, no. that's what's interesting here. Yeah, definitely. Um, why you say that into a runoff? I'm going to, I'm going to share this piece. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, so, have you heard of ranked choice voting? Um, and if so, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, do you think that's something that we can benefit from here uh, in our city? So I have heard a little bit about it. I don't know as much as I would like to, honestly. Okay. And I think that we need some more, I guess, more expert opinions to get what the, the positives and negatives are on each of the neighbors. And and I say that because within D2, you're talking about people that own four and $500,000 houses that have been in their homes for 20 and 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then you have others that are coming into the neighborhood that are paying anywhere from, gosh, um, 80,000 to 200,000. You know, so I don't wanna have the negative impact on any one particular group because I think that there can be a balance without kicking anyone out of their home or the neighborhood for sure. Right. Definitely. Um, well, it, it, and I'll just kind of explain, especially to everybody watching, cause this is new and something that not uh, nobody that I'm, that I know of that's here is talking about it in the city. Um, but basically ranked choice voting um, 
especially in some in an, an issue like this to where we have what was it 12 candidates or 11 mm -hmm. candidates mm -hmm. um you would do your first round right and keep in mm -hmm. mind this doesn't mean that people have to vote these many times right so you you everybody does their voting the first round since there is no 50% plus 1 a uh, person who has achieved majority, which is just like any other election. Nobody wins, right? So we drop the last person that has the lowest amount of percentage, and then we go into round two automatically. And this cycle keeps going until there is a definite winner of the 51, uh, 50 plus 1%. Um, and basically, the way everybody votes is you can vote for your first candidate, your second candidate, your third candidate, so on and so forth. I see. And and if for some reason your first candidate doesn't make it, then all your your votes for your second candidate go in. If those don't go, if if that person doesn't win, then the third place, and so on and so forth until there is a majority winner. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this would help people, as far as voters go, um, try to have more of a, a of a of a say so in in how they want to vote. Um, and then also we wouldn't have a divisiveness that we have right now um, because then people would want to have to work together as candidates as well to try to get their second place vote, for, you know, for another candidate's voter base. Right. Um, so it's something that that would help. And the biggest thing is, is that it would eliminate the need for runoff elections, mm -hmm. which costs the city eight to ten million dollars to begin with and yeah. with low voter turnout. So something like that, that would that would help um, the city a lot because we could use that money for something else. Um, and we, we can cut that. We can cut that out. And especially that that people having to vote constantly and, and always feel like they have to vote in runoffs and all this stuff. So is that something that you'd be willing to look at in the future? I know it's oh, nothing yeah. that you could vote on, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I and, and I apologize before I, I misheard the question. So. Yes. So I have heard of this and I would be, you know, willing to definitely look at this. I think my only concern is I don't want it to be counterintuitive and just be the popular vote. I want for the residents to, for however we, if we put this into place to make sure that we've got an overabundance of facts about each of the candidates out there. So they right. know, because I don't think today we don't do a good job of that. It's just whoever, whoever the majority rallies around. <laughs> right. Whoever has the that, most money or. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if it levels the playing field, by all means, mm, I mean, this is, yeah. we can head down that road. Definitely. And, and that's, that's the reason why I'm doing something like this, because I want to make sure I, I hit every single person if they're willing to do so. Um, and and make sure that everybody has an equal saying, and that's something that, that I feel lacks right. okay. in our city specifically. But you know, it's it's always like, oh, it's these two people because they're the ones who have raised the most money or you know have the most ties, so to say. <laughs> so, uh, really want to like get out of that mind frame of this the city politics that we're in, you know. Um. Williams says, can you share your thoughts on the Via Link project and if it will expand to other districts? Okay, sorry. we It cut out for just a minute, Eric, but now you're oh. back. So let's see. Can you share your thoughts on Via Link, on Via Link project? 
Okay, and if it will expand. Yes, so I was on the board for VIA Metropolitan Transit as an appointee, along with the Board of Ethics for the city. And, you know, VIA Link was in its pilot program for the Northeast at that time. And I can tell you from the inside, as being a board member and a staffer, we were seeing the tremendous impact that VIA Link had. So with the referendum that just recently passed, and I know the money won't come to VIA until 2026, there is a lot of opportunity opportunity there for the current board members to go to the state and the federal level to advance that program even faster. So VIA Link, for people that don't know, gives on those short trips, it gives people that opportunity to get from point A to point B and not have to wait a longer period of time. And then there's a, a number of benefits in addition to that. And by the way, I am a, I don't get to participate in VIA Link, but I am a bus rider. So I ride the 24 and the 20 here and, and Hello? Public transit as a oh. whole, both via Link and uh, via Trans, let's not forget that because that is for mm -hmm. our disabled community. Um, in addition to the fixed routes, oh. for more uh, funding. Oh, sorry, it cut off a little bit. Um, I heard the, the via Link and via Trans, um, they cut off after that. Oh, so I said, Sorry about that. <laughs> the the via link and the via the via trans for people that don't know is for the elderly and the disabled. And this is why I voted on the board to push more money towards the entire program, all the programs in place, because we need to be able to feed our public transit system, especially now after COVID and especially now after this snowstorm and People are, they don't have money and they're losing their vehicles. There was no moratorium on vehicle loans. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of people suffering that need transportation and they need to go to work. Yeah. So that's why we need to improve our system, but it will, that was the long way around to say, I know <laughs> that, that there will be more money towards our public transportation system, which is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And and just so y'all know too, the Via Link, they have an app. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Probably not. But it's it's an app that you can download and it's kinda like Uber where a van will mm -hmm. come to I think it's still the bus stop though, right? Yes, it's, you still yeah. go to like a, a main hub. Um yeah. but it tells you where the closest one is and it's normally closer than your bus stop. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um all right. Oh, there were some other questions here. Uh, what can be done to curb the burgeoning violence problem in District 2? Mm, that's a tough one. So we have a variety of things that are going on. And, and what a lot of folks, I think, are having trouble sorting out is that one thing kind of plays off of another. And I'll give you kind of a a much lesser example on one extreme. On my street, I have three short-term rentals. You know, that's kind of like a like a bed and breakfast or a, you rent it for the day, the weekend, what have you. The people that own those homes are not 
they don't know who's renting this other than their name and what have you, and you leave a deposit. I have had two shootings on my block in the last six months. I have had a ton of issues where I've had to call the police because of suspicious activity. I'm not going to let my teenager go out. I don't even want him to drive because coming in and out, he could run into some of these things. When I speak to my elderly neighbors, they also have concerns with the short-term rentals. But because of our zoning, you know, there's nothing we can do about it, literally. Mm -hmm. So that's one extreme. And those short-term rentals could produce violent acts at different levels. We just, you know, that's kind of that unknown. On the other side of that, we do have pockets of gang activity, um, a lot of shootings. I mean, every week we have a shooting, you know, within about 10, 12 blocks from here in particular pockets. And the police are responding. They, I see them come through here all the time. I'm on four different community apps where I see the, the different calls come through. And, you know, that's another extreme that we need the police directly to handle that. That's not health and human services. That's not a counselor. That, that is a police issue. And then the third thing, kind of another tier to that is, unfortunately, with our homelessness, they are looking, you know, to for a little bit of food, a little bit of shelter, and they are going and becoming, um, in some cases, it's becoming an issue because they're burglar, or I shouldn't say burglarizing, but they're going into people's yards and taking things or taking tools. You know, they're looking for food. They're getting on private property and then just taking what they need and leaving. And all that's being reported, but it's a serious issue. We can't, that is still a safety concern for all parties at mm -hmm. hand. And kids aren't coming out. Neighbors aren't coming out of their houses. I, I They've said it to me and to my team directly. You know, we just live in our house. Go to the store, mm -hmm. we come back and lock ourselves in. What kind of quality of life is that? So, so what, what's your vision to kind of help this, this homeless or, or houseless uh, situation? Because I mean, it's getting out of hand, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, it seems like recently, right after, um, was it right before Oh, when they the, did the sweep with Domingo and all that craziness. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that was it, right before. Yeah. So I mean, that's not gonna do anything. I mean, it's just gonna push them, push them around and stuff like that. So I mean, what's your vision to help change this this environment? Um to to help them, um, but also help help the citizens. Cause it seems like they they really only care about from the public side, it seems like they only care about the voters or the, the people who have a home. Um, that's all they're really caring about. And they're just, well, mm -hmm. let's just move it to somewhere else. That's the perception that people are having. Right. So right. what's your vision for that? Yeah. And there's also a fear that they're just going to take all these homeless and move them to another pocket of town. Hmm. And then it becomes someone else's problem. So, yeah, I think the issue is, is we all have to come to the table with open minds and and really figure this out because I admire all the folks that are, have been out there protesting, 
and providing food and shelter for the homeless, even if they're just giving them tents and, you know, and a, a warm bowl of soup. But that doesn't help our problem. That just kind of kicks the can down the road, basically. And the thing is, is there's a lot of neighbors that have some great ideas. So my vision is to resurrect a lot of those plans that have been written up and combine them and have our neighbors come to the table along with many of those churches and many of those community folks and counselors that are seeing things and talking to people firsthand and then crafting a better plan for the neighborhood, like a long-term strategy. One of the problems is you get into council, you're only there two years and you seriously yeah. cannot do everything. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean that, so then everyone looks unsuccessful. Hmm. And my thing is I'm not doing it for the credit and I'm definitely not doing it for the money because hmm. it, it needs to be about the plan that's going to live with the neighborhoods. So we've got to figure out and set realistic time limits because, you know, there's some people that we can help right off the bat, put them back on track. There's other people that are going to take a little bit longer to, to make that adjustment, depending on what their situation is. And then we have to come to the realization that there's a whole other group that just says, I don't want your help. I want to live off the grid. I like my life this way. And there's nothing you can do to change it. So the thing, Eric, is me as a business professional, you, the mayor, we can't make that judgment call for that person. Right. We have to have a solid professional that has experience to help us make that decision. And I don't think we're listening to them enough in, mm -hmm. in order to do the right thing and put this plan into motion, into forward motion. Right. And it, it always seems that the government tends to do like a one size fits all approach. And yeah. Yeah. these are definitely not it. You know, um, mm -mm. you know, it's like, oh, let's just clear the, the clear the encampment. But OK, <laughs> it's not doing, you know, what's yeah. what's going on with Haven for Hope? Um, what is going on with all these things? And I, and I actually had the um, the owner reach out to me last year when I was uh, doing my campaign and. Uh, the owner for Comfort Cafe. I don't know if you've ever been to Comfort Cafe before. I have, yes, yes. And she was like, "We wanna, we wanna, we bought land over by the medical center, and we want to build a a community, right? Mm -hmm. So that way, people yeah. that are that are houseless can go over there and and they can try to get those skills or whatever while they're living there, yes. and." they kept getting shut down because people in the area don't want those people there. So, right. And there's a lot of fear that's built around that. Oh my God, you're bringing the homelessness, the homeless folks, then I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the city. And realistically, you know what I like about that program actually is that they're trying to help people come out of homelessness, but in a mentorship and leadership style, which is exactly what we need. You <laughs> almost need another homeless or former homeless person, yeah. former vet, uh, former vet, former single mother, former drug addict to say, look, I get it. This is what I went through. And let me connect with you specifically. Because again, it's not going to be the council person. It's not going to be um, the police officer. 
It's someone who relates and we as council people should support them in right. what they're doing because they, they have stats. I mean, they've got mm -hmm. their stuff is proven. They're, they're doing the work. They're doing the work. They're yeah. down on, on the ground and, and they're seeing all these things. And, you know, um, as a city council or, or city government, I mean, kind of have to look at those things and not Absolutely. just say, Oh, I, I got the, I got the answer. Let's do it this way. <laughs> and so that's not me. I don't have, I'm not coming to the table with all the answers. I'm coming with an open mind to tell you, I bet I can find not just one expert, but a handful of experts and not people that were hiring this company or that company. Mm -hmm. It's about people that really care and have dedicated their entire lives to this segment of the population and right. let's make them good progressive people i mean those are at the end of the day hey you know what we're people this isn't about race this isn't uh, about our financial status this isn't about what we control we're just people and we're trying to live our lives here hmm. um uh uh, DC says, what is your position in regards to the 1A sales tax and Nuremberg hanging onto it for three years? <laughs> well, well, I, you know, I think that there are some issues with the fact that everyone needed to contribute to that, this piece. Um, I didn't think that there was input from, uh, I respect Mayor Nuremberg, but I think that there was more to this story than the general public was hearing. And I really wish that other colleagues, people on council would have been able to contribute to that because we might've had some progress on a whole lot of other programs hmm. that this would have benefited specifically. Gotcha. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, what's your view on TAC and CBD oil use by the youth? Oh, that's, that's really, really tough. I have a 16 year old. <laughs> so I'm living this every day. Um, you know, I think if something like this were possibly combined, I mean, realistically, I don't know that that would be a, to me, that's not something that would come before council. Um, but as a mother, so let me just talk to you as a mother. If I needed to take my son to get some sort of counseling or therapy, and this was recommended, and they were monitoring my son, and then they had the facts behind it that said that it made improvements. Would I consider it? Sure, I would consider it. I would be open-minded, because all I'm trying to do is help my son without mm. giving him more drugs or yeah. <laughs> you know more things from the doctor that, that they're trying to keep our kids calm and I mean, I don't know if you remember, Eric, well, you're probably much younger than I am, but you know, there was no ADD and ADHD. No, there, was a, there wasn't. There was a belt. That's what there was, <laughs> yeah. a belt or a chancla. Don't that be fixed stupid. That. <laughs> don't be stupid. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, there, yeah. there are a lot of things, and this is now becoming a tradition, and it's actually helping, you know, many of our vets. It's helping many people, you know, kind of ease their anxiety. If it does well and it's safe and it's monitored by some sort of a doctor, a licensed physician is what I'm hoping, then, you know, I think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm open to it. 
Gotcha. Um, William says, I attended many of your past chamber events. Um, how can you use your networking and team building strategies from your time at the West Chamber to benefit D2? Oh, thank you. Well, we had a great time with all of our luncheons and breakfasts. And my goal was always to bring education to the table for everyone to then decide what direction they wanted to go. So I think with all those contacts that I made at the chamber, which were local, state, and federal level contacts, I really believe that we can take things, take the issues to the next level, because that's what we've been missing. We have some great plans in place, but they don't ever seem to get the legs to have the ultimate effect. And, and we need to make sure to utilize all of our contacts. So I've reached out to my contacts at various levels and said, if I get there, when I get there, will you be there to support me in this role of, of office and help me take policy to the next level? You know, help me develop things that are positive for the community, you know, and I've gotten a resounding yes, you know, to all that. But, but that's what it's going to take is leveraging your relationships and communication. That's probably the biggest barrier, Eric, that I've seen mm -hmm. across the board is you see an issue one way, I see it another. And if you are not, if you and I are not willing to, to negotiate and we're right. just putting our egos in front. <laughs> and forget it. We might as well right. not even start it. Yeah. And and, and I'm, I'm going to bring this question because you were talking about, you know, the leveraging and, and, and your contacts and everything. What can you tell the, the, the voters of D2 um, to let them know that you are on their side and you will not fall to any type of like a corruption um, to, you know, because that, that's a lot of that's a that is on a lot of people's minds, right? They, they see, mm -hmm. oh well, they're connected, and you know they don't really care about us, and and you know it's just about who they know and all that. Mm -hmm. So, what can you yeah. do to to say to guarantee to those people to say, look, it, it is about you, and and not about me or, or whatever you know people that I know, and, and yet you're not going to be in anybody's pockets. Absolutely. Well, I think just recently, I know. There probably wasn't a whole lot revealed or much that I could say, um, but the proof I was had several articles written where I was uh, quoted in the last year. I was tough. A, a lot of, you know what? A lot of my via uh, fellow trustees always they were very nice and they <laughs> entertained the the conversation because I love to push back. But they always said, you know, you can count on Christy to not give in and you can count on her to always have a very spirited conversation. That was very nice and politically correct of them to say, <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? No, I, I don't care about the future of politics. I'm not worried about that. I'm going to get to the next level. It's about that. We need to take care of our neighbors today. We need to figure out. And then. I would always get hit with, well, you look like you're doing well. You look like you probably don't have a care in the world. You know what? Let's talk about where I came from. I came from a very poor neighborhood with a single mother who raised me and my two brothers. Then I happened to have gone on and become a single mother myself of two. And hey, that was tough because I had issues with getting a job, 
with keeping a job, with paying my rent, all that stuff that we talk about, you know, in the news and amongst our groups. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't say anything because that was me. That was me. And I had to change a series of things and I had to get to know people, open myself up to really focus in on where am I going and what am I doing? So when I say it's for the people and I'm ready to push back, you know, I am. That The only consequence to that is, look, my <laughs> campaign team has already received several threats, like physical threats. So if I fall off the face of the earth, let this uh, <laughs> podcast be, <laughs> right. be on the record. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's stuff like that. Yeah. I've been yeah. devastated. Like, hey, this is, you know, you got to chill out. We're just trying yeah. to do the best we can for our neighbors and exactly. not, we're not trying to take over the world. Right. And, and that's definitely true. That's, that's something that I told my people too, is I'm like, look last year, cause I I'm very much go against the status quo. Right. And yeah. I was like, if, if something's going to happen to me, it's because of that, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't like the way things are headed. I don't like the way, you know, our, our, our national politics are headed because money is playing a big factor. Um, and, and even in, in the parties, it's just trash. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, I, not, you know, regardless of whatever party you're within, you know, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green, I mean, they're all, you know, the, the, the two main parties have a lot of issues um, that I see and it's frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we really need to to make sure we get on that and still fight for the people. And I mm -hmm. think people are scared of that because, Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it's scary because you don't know what's, what's, what could happen. Um, no, absolutely. You have to be watching your back all the time. Right. And I'm, I'm very fearful for myself and my son, my family. Mm -hmm. I have a brand new granddaughter. I mean, I want all of them to be happy and healthy, mm -hmm. but I also right. want the same thing for my neighbors. So I'm right. willing to fight and go against the system. Um, you know, I'm also willing to negotiate and make sure that we're in a better place tomorrow for what we're doing today. And right. and I wanna give some new people an opportunity. You. You don't even realize how hard, Eric, it was for me to fight to get that position on VIA. To have someone give me a chance and just listen to me for a few minutes to say, I am a good fit for that board. I mean, right. it was tough because really it's it's all about leverage and, and who you know. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that's why I brought up that question is because a lot of people are upset with these boards and the way they're they're being picked um and the people that are being picked because they feel like it's oh well they're all they're all friends and things like that so th mm -hmm. it's definitely something that people want to know is is how true uh, uh candidates are um yeah. bridging the gap hey what's going on um we are already starting doing we already started doing a small homes project for the homeless a little more than a year mm -hmm. ago until the city shut the project down. So we are in hold before we continue moving until the city allows this project to continue on. Um, so are moving, wait, so are moving, but red tape stops progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think that's also with uh, Sal and uh, uh, Jimmy Robles down there. So mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I there's a big issue with that, right? Because of the red tapes and everything. And yeah. 
and I know we kind of touched on it, but with something like that, I mean, what can you what can you do to to help that situation or offer so advice I, to those people? So I don't, I don't want to take it down a bad road, but I do always tell people, look, one council person can't do it all. Like what he what they're talking about and fixing their red tape. Let's say I was in I was a council person today. I really need to go get other council members to join the fight. I have to give them a reason to pick up that that momentum and run with it because I know that I've seen personally because I'm in construction now that a lot has changed it seems with the city, the city staff, how they do their permitting, you know, the willingness to work with you and kind of explain things. They don't seem to be doing that and I'm not sure why. But that's why we have to empower the council members with more information. I need to know from the business community what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what the goal is. And then definitely play devil's advocate. Tell me what is wrong. You put the holes in your own plan mm -hmm. so we know how to fix them. And then that will make that council person stronger so we can go fight the good fight. Because... Right. Behind the scenes, there's a lot that goes on, and we need to make sure that we have all those facts almost right there, right at our fingertips, like talking points, right. and that they're verified. It's verified information. I had the same conversation with um, two developers in, that are only about six blocks away from me developing 10 different homes right now. And I told them, look, I don't know how I feel about developers as a whole but i know we need for you to be good stewards in our neighborhood mm -hmm. so they laid out what they did they were able to show me their plans and i said so have you ever thought about walking districts you know lighting up the neighborhood so we can go out and walk and maybe host our own neighborhood events and then they they sent me an ungodly amount of emails to say where they had tried, where they had taken it to the city and where they were turned down. They were paying for lighting. They were paying for that infrastructure and they were turned down over and over. And you know what? I would have actually probably not believed them if they hadn't shown me proof from actual uh, city emails that say, no, we're, we're not, we don't want that. And, so they had me actually kind of walk here on the east side. There's a lot of alleys. Those mm -hmm. alleys are covered, even though you can drive through them. Um, they're just a mess for junk, you know, trees. They're dark. They're not safe. And they showed me what their rendering was. And I thought, this is what I want. This is what mm -hmm. I've always wanted. Just I want to go walk my neighborhood. I want to see other people. You know, we need that to live and to thrive. So that's something that I am dead set on doing. Wow. Safety that, and lighting. It's a big deal to me. That's 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 mind blowing. Um, especially because I had just posted an article uh that, that was on the news that the city gave uh seven point five million dollars in subsidies to that the Weston Urban um apartment on Houston. And it was it was like there was a million for the TERS from the TERS, and then the six point five in, in reduction in property taxes and, and right. all that stuff. I, right. 
but, and they're not... we don't challenge those people. <laughs> and that's the thing. So look, back to VIA. When I was on VIA and I would participate in a lot of those development conversations um, because there's transit-oriented transit oriented development that can be done through VIA that will be less cost and more efficient and has a variety of things. But unless you're pushing back on those developers and unless you're telling the engineers and the architects, I got what you said, and this is a pretty expensive bill, but what are we gonna get in addition to that? Where are the reusable materials? Where are you gonna engage the community? How are you gonna engage the artists in the community? I mean, otherwise they've got this one track mind. Not They're not bad people, I don't wanna say that, but we have to push that level of thinking to further than where we've been because that will then help everybody we help everybody yeah. in the community so that right. gang member that has a let's say has a, a talent for art that he or she can start moving away and mm -hmm. say look now i met these new people and look at the opportunity that they're giving me right. i mean and we can all be mentors in the community that's you know in the 70s and 80s and 90s that's what it used to be it used to be a lot about that person that deal that thea that that neighbor that you knew they just gave you that little spark to say hey wait i could do it too right <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh samantha yes yeah, you did so much for education for the west san antonio chamber and so much i wasn't able to take advantage of so samantha is a small business owner and she's talking about i always had lunch sessions for business owners because it doesn't matter if you've owned a business 10 years or 50 years you still need to kind of come back to the table and regroup kind of reset right. your mind and that way you can adjust to the new generation of workforce that you are because as a business owner you serve them they serve your customers right and it all kind of trickles out so I would want to keep that going. I would want to be supportive of other nonprofits in the community that are willing to do that for our neighbors. Yeah, and and, and that was the the sad thing when when all this uh, the PPP loans and everything, you know, District Three and District Two didn't have very many applicants um, because they didn't know that this was going well, on and they didn't know that they can apply for these things. Well, it's even more than that. It's not that they didn't know. A lot of them, because I got really intimate with some of my business owners to say, you know what, I'm fighting for you. You want access to capital. Why aren't you doing it? And then they were finally telling me, well, our books aren't straight. You know, we haven't done our taxes. We've got, and I can't afford it. And it's going to take several hundred dollars. And I, and it's just, they're mm -hmm. overwhelmed. So that's another level that, you know what, no one's talking about either. That's true. And, that, on, and honestly, it, I never, never heard that part. And that's, wow. Well, and that's why, that's why I say, I feel like I'm most qualified because I have literally been that close to our business owners, our small business owners. That's what our chamber was dedicated to, small and medium size. And we were trying to figure out what the solutions were, but it's like the homelessness. Do you want to do it? Do you not want to do it? I'm going to put all this out there for you. You go pick whatever you want, and I'm going to support you in it. But if you yeah. choose not to take that step, then 
I've got to move on to the next business that wants and needs that help. Mm. Um, so Samantha knows I would call her. <laughs> I, I was just following her like crazy. Come and join us. Come and join us. These <laughs> <laughs> uh, will be there to support you, Chrissy. Oh, um, thank you. Christy is one of the hardest working women I've met. Uh, she impresses me with her intelligence and her moxie. Oh, moxie. <laughs> Buzz out the moxie. Um, uh, Daniel says, uh, has Christy ever heard of strongtowns.org? They write about what she complained about all the time and about the communities across the country. No, but I'm going to look that up. Thank you. I, I will um, definitely use that. <laughs> um. It, just real quick change in gears. Uh, I want to know what are your top three favorite small business restaurants in D2 in D2. Oh, golly. Oh, and it's so, you don't, don't feel like you're going to get in trouble because you should all be supporting these small businesses anyway. Um, yeah. You know, disclaimer, don't, don't get offended if she doesn't <laughs> pick you just, you know, I mean. Well, okay. Yeah. So I can't, I can't think of the, the full name of the first one. I just know how to go there in my sleep. Basically at six <laughs> o'clock in the morning, my <laughs> truck just drives there and it's uh, on Cesar Chavez and Hackberry. It's a little taqueria. It's right next door to Tony G's and they are so nice to me. And uh, I just love them to death. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> um, they, the, the lady sees me and she immediately comes to bring my coffee and she already knows because I order the same plate all the time. <laughs> yeah, but but they are there. It's a tiny taqueria and they have the best barbacoa and, and menudo. And oh, so that's one. Nice. <laughs> uh, if I want to get a little, you know, kind of trendy and hang out with millennials and just, you know, kind of get a little more action, then I go over to Dignity Meats. And uh, I like their vibe. I like the entrepreneurial spirit that that group of people has put together. They're just—I mean, I can't say enough about those kids, and that's what they are to me. Their kids, and then um, don't you don't you feel it feels so weird to be ordering from some of those places? Because I'm like, man, I am so out of place here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I got the dad shorts going on or, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm like, I, I should not be here, but I want to try this. <laughs> well, I took a page out of my mom's book because there was times like on a Saturday or Sunday where we were cleaning the house all day, that whole traditional thing. And she'd be in rollers and her little handkerchief, you know, covering the rollers. And she'd be like, let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> like, come on, mom. You, If you can rock those rollers, you know what? Right. I can go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, and uh, what's your what's your third one? Oh, gosh, man. That I've been hopping around to so many different ones. Uh, people are probably going to be mad at me because I'm going to say the, the, that, um, they're a subset of, of Bill Miller's, that Laguna fish place. Because I haven't found an, an, well, no, no, I'll take it back. When Ma Harper's was here in D2, oh. she's not in D2 anymore. That was my favorite fish place. I have now had to go to Laguna because Ma's is too far. Mm. <laughs> but Ma Harper's was super good. Oh my gosh, that catfish and 
was amazing. <laughs> so, uh, dignity. And then um, Jamie says it was Takari of Vallarta. Yes, yes, that's what I'm so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, Laguna Madre. Oh, okay. Yeah, Laguna Madre. I've had okay. to resort to Laguna Madre. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Uh, and and we should we should definitely make sure we we stop by um these small businesses. Uh, you know, yes. they definitely need our help. Um and and hopefully, you know, try to get them on on the right path and and uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, what was I gonna say? Sorry, I know we're we're running a little bit long. Um, no, it's okay. If anybody has a question, please feel free to jump in and ask a question directly. Um, you can follow the link that I posted uh, up a little bit up above, um, and then uh, or you could just do a comment on the uh, the comment box. Um, what are some of the things that you think that are not being utilized in district two, like some of the, the structures or, or a program that's not being utilized to its fullest potential um, in D two. So I think the small business support is not being nurtured here. Uh, there's a lot of small businesses that need help, small and medium sized, those second tier companies that are already fairly well established they have access to capital they are ready to go kind of to that next level we are absolutely not giving them an opportunity as on the city contracts where the gcs are picking different companies they kind of stick to their little group and we've got so many more companies both in d2 and throughout the city that just need that chance um mm. and i say that because as I went through it myself in a previous job, and I continue to see it, when those job contracts come up, they normally award the job contract to three different businesses. And they count that, the city counts that as, all right, we're participating in small minority, African-American, uh, veteran owned, so they won. So we're counting those points, but that's not fair because they are not the ones actually physically getting the contracts and getting paid for the work. They were, that's where we should count our points. Did they actually execute and do the work? The other thing I see Jamie commented workforce solutions. So do you know that workforce solutions, it's a great place to get training. They've got a ton of other resources, but if you go to the one in D2, you're, they're going to check you in, do all the stuff and then to get the services, you got to go to another place. So they are not being supported in D2. Mm. If we're not walking in the door and telling them I'm here for services, I'm here for training. Well, they're going to put their resources in another part of the city. Right. So we've got to get that going. Um, the other thing that I used to do that I was not allowed to do in, um, what do you call it? I did it all over the city was active shooter training. I love education, any kind, any, any type, but active shooter training is a big deal. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually did that with a couple of people from the sheriff's department and it was unbelievable that I was not allowed to come and do it here in D2. Nobody would help me. So, wow. and, and I think, um, something that's not talked about is gun safety, just in general. Um, safety in general. you know, I, I am, 
I, I do carry, but uh, I do believe really heavily in training and, and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because if you don't, then yeah, I mean, there's definitely these things are going to happen and you're going to, they're going to fall into bad people's hands and, and your kids as well. That's the big thing is yeah. I have two little ones. So I definitely don't want to, you know, that to fall into their hands. So I think we don't talk about those things. Um, but yeah, that, that's a shame that they didn't let, they didn't let you do that in, in D2. Yeah, no. And I went to the college. I also went to our council person. Um, you know, I went to several people to help me and, you know, it just, it wasn't a success. And I took this class all the way to, to Live Oak. You know, oh, I was wow. all over with it for three years. So <laughs> that... I see somebody wants to talk about the land value tax. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, have, so have I heard it, of it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think those, those appraisals are getting out of hand? Yes. Yes. They... The appraisals are getting out of hand, but there is a way to get in control of it. It is going to take a little bit of time. And remember, we've got to have cooperation from Bear County commissioners. And so, sorry, all of a sudden my phone is ringing like crazy. Um, I can't see the video. Oh, sorry. Let's see. You might need to do your cam oh, to start the oh, cam yes there we go all right <laughs> i need to stop pressing it so many times that's what i was <laughs> um so you know remember we need to to establish our homestead um for those that actually own our homes but what i found out eric that i did not know was that more than 30 percent of the people that are in d2 are renters so that then impacts our landlords Hey, the landlords can't do, as you probably know, they can't do anything about their taxes. So then that is passed on to that renter. So what we need to do is educate people on how do they get their first home? Even if it's kind of a smaller home for a little bit less money, but they could be on their way to establishing themselves. So, you know, financial education, I think is a big deal. And I want to be able to host it but I don't want to treat this job like a chamber. I want to treat it for what it is. But if that, if those are the resources that are needed for our neighbors, then that's what we need to do to make it a better community. Right. And then, and then on the other side, you know, we've got to, unfortunately, we got to do the paperwork related to fighting the taxes and making sure that we are showing that our houses are appraised at the right value. I'm a right. victim of it too. I have fought it and lost twice, which makes me very mad, but right. I, I'm going to keep trying. And yeah. so that's why I say that I definitely relate to my neighbors, all of them. Yeah, definitely. And, and for anybody who hasn't done your protesting taxes, you can do, you ha- should do it every single year um, mm-hmm. on that website that I have there down below at bcad.org. Um, you should be getting your appraisal here pretty soon in the mail. Um, and if anybody from BCAD is watching, can you please send an email for when your formal protest is going to happen? Um, <laughs> it's yes. something as simple as that because I actually didn't receive my my um, interview time and I I didn't go to it because I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but they sent me an email saying that, 
oh, your case is closed. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you, and you know what? Working good working people don't have time to be chasing after Bear right. County and city folks. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely um, do that um, and, and just protest them every single year. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, that's the um, the website for the injury gun safety. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the owners don't live here in Texas. Yes, that is true. They that's are true. investors. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's kind of like ERCOT. A lot of them live outside of Texas. Uh, so <laughs> so there's a there's a kind of a phrase that I've been kind of putting out there, and I know people don't like it. The East Side District 2 right now at all levels, whether we're talking about crime, taxes, home ownership, um, people moving in and buying up the property, it's like the wild, wild west. Okay. Mm, that's yeah. that's the best way to say it. If we don't get a hold of it and somebody doesn't kind of start managing it and and then taking that information and talking to people to say, all right, county. How can we work together, County Commissioner Calvert or others? What can we do? What do we leverage? Sometimes it yeah. just takes a good idea. And, you know, for me, let them take the credit for it. I don't care. I don't care who takes the credit for it as long as it helps the neighbors today and, and for their future. We've got to get it going. I mean, it's, something. Something's not working. <laughs> it's yes, not working yeah. what we're doing. No, absolutely. So... And that's the thing. We've seen the same thing for the last 10, 15 years. D2 mm -hmm. has been stagnant. Yes, we've received. I will absolutely acknowledge that we received federal dollars here. But the fa as fast as it came in, it was mm -hmm. gone. It was spent. Right. And now right. what? We have nothing and other parts of the city are progressing and we're not. So we need you, to come together. You know, somebody brought up a really good point and this this kind of made some waves in my thought of thinking um which is it's it's obvious but until you really think about it a, a lot of the other neighborhoods like the north side right um you know they there's a lot of neighborhood associations right mm -hmm. there's there's a ton and they all work together and they 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 call on the council people to to fix some of these things right right but does D2 have that same reliability, those same network of groups that really get down to it to reach out to their council people? And is that why it's not getting done if they don't? So from what I've seen and only from really when, when I hit the streets, so in the near East side, you have a number of neighborhood associations and nonprofit organizations. They're the ones making all the noise. That is less than 29% of the voting population mm -hmm. for the entire D District 2. The rest of it, I mean, once you move past New Rumpels, it gets less and less and less. And then once you get to the Northeast side, forget it. I mean, it's just not enough people are participating. And at the end of the day, they're saying, you know what? Nobody cares. My vote doesn't matter. I just, I'm tired of doing things. I just spoke to a woman the other day who works at the, at Port San Antonio, but lives in D2. Mm -hmm. And she said, I have completely given up. 
I'm tired of people racing, whether in motorcycles or cars down my street. I'm tired of, you know, basically being neglected by my city council person, uh, the team, not the council yeah, person, yeah. And, um, and and being ignored by, by the, um, what do you call it? The other city folks. Oh my gosh. I just, my mind just went blank. Um, <laughs> they give the tickets, you know, when you have trash. And oh, the co-compliance. Co-compliance. Yeah. yeah. Um, she said, I don't feel like anything's being done and there's no lifeline. Mm -hmm. I, and I agreed. I told her I had to go to another council district to get an issue fixed with my trash. <laughs> I did. That's an honest answer. It's on the record. Yeah. I mean, I know you got to be responsive. You got to have a team with experience. You got to know what you're doing. And for God's sake, you got to answer the phone. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely uh, one of the issues. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so awesome. Well, how can people get a hold of you? How can people help your campaign? Um, and, and what else is there something that you would like people to know about your campaign and about you itself? So I, I always welcome anybody wanting to talk i will go to your neighborhood association i will go have coffee with you i will meet you out at a park let's get a group together and start talking about issues whether i am the next d2 council person or not i still want to be active and i still want to be helpful i want to utilize my contacts um, i have asked people on social media please dedicate ten dollars a week and donate to the campaign it's really tough uh, to to raise money these days and five or ten dollars goes a long way to helping folks i have volunteer positions and i have paid positions for both block walkers and phone bakers that's available but you can reach me at christivianueva.com and that's k-r-i-s-t-i-v-i-l-l-a-n-u-e-v-a.com or you can email me at kgv at christivianueva.com. So I'm happy to, to talk to anybody. I want to get out there. I want to get to know everybody. This is really about a better quality of life for all of us, no matter who you are or where you live in the district. I'm happy to help and even help people outside of the district. Awesome. Is that is that website look okay? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I have to, I'm older, Eric. I got to put on my reading glasses. Oh, me too. That's so uh, yeah. Monitors. Are, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, don't do to do like a a radio show as well or no? Oh, like, so like, I did join a, a friend for about a year, and okay. we were working on a radio show. That was his show. I was just kind of a semi permanent co host, and, <laughs> and I love that. We had a lot of fun. I also had through the chamber, we did a mental health series, a weekly series with a counselor. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how important it is, you know, no matter what level of income of, or who you are, that recharge, recharging your brain, making yeah. sure you're centered and focused. That's the only way you can get, be good to other people is right. to be good to yourself first. <laughs> exactly. Uh, as well as the way Christy uh, has done her homework on the area and understanding the needs. Great work. I uh, do care about the community. <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, if, if any nobody has any more questions, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And I appreciate for Thanks. you just say it's I know it's a long conversation, but uh, um that's the whole purpose of these, just to have a real good yeah. conversation and try to get to know more about um, you know, you and and and, and it shows, you know, when 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 you speak and everything. So Definitely. Thank, thank you. you for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, oh, before I forget, I want to make sure because I said I was going to do this on all the live streams. Um, if you are a renter um, or you have an issue with your uh, home, your uh, home insurance, your automobile insurance, any insurance, medical insurance, please contact Texas Department of Insurance. It's tdi.texas.gov. If especially with what had happened recently with the with the snowstorm, um, and they're not helping you as far as your renter's insurance, this group might be able to help you navigate that whole structure um, because they will contact the insurance company for you and kind of help you navigate and give you that insurance jargon that we don't know mm -hmm. um, to kind of maybe come up with a better solution. Just telling you, sorry, it's not covered. Um, so definitely, uh, make sure you, you contact that. And again, it works for any insurance, um, any insurance the issue that you may have. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy says peer to peer <coughs> energy sharing. Oh, uh, I think he did have that question earlier. Um, energy do you have any thoughts on peer to peer energy sharing? So are we talking about energy, like electricity or energy, like mental yeah. health energy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i'm not sure if it's if it's energy like from the grid and stuff like that i mean there's a ton of programs you know the west chamber was one of the solar yeah that's what i was thinking so west chamber was one of the first ones to pass to support the climate action adaptation plan there was a lot of work that went into that and i know sometimes people you know, um, when they see the environmentalists coming, they take a step back. And I took about five steps forward and really dove in and realized that there are not enough individuals from the community. There's not enough small businesses in there to give their part. I have solar panels. I can tell you that is a love-hate relationship for me. <laughs> for me personally. Do I, do I like it across the board? Yes, I think we need to find spaces where neighborhoods can share in that in that energy cost. And if it drives down the bill, mm -hmm. absolutely. But remember, even though solar is wonderful, uh, their alternative fuels give us a lot and they give us a new opportunity to clean up the air. It's those other consequences, like the, when the snowstorm hit. What do we need to do and how much money is it going to take? to make sure that all that stuff is up and running and we have the enough battery life stored in order to keep our houses running. And that's what concerns me. Batteries in general, like a generator for your home, for storage, the technology isn't where it should be, but it doesn't mean it's not good because, right. hey, in a year, in six months, who knows, people all of a sudden fix the bug and it turns around everything you know, in a week. So next year, maybe the batteries will be better. Uh, for sure, in a couple of years, I'm sure they will be. And we'll be able to do more of this. That's where we're going towards. 
Yeah. I mean, we have Elon Musk in Texas now. So, I mean, <laughs> I wish he would have come to San Antonio, not Austin. But hey, we'll get him here. <laughs> as long as it doesn't sacrifice the livelihood of our residents. That's that's yes. the biggest thing is, is you know, that was one of the questions, too, is like, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we are pushing for business and corporations to come here. But at what cost? You know, yeah, we have Amazon coming, but is that going to be beneficial? Because we've seen a lot of issues where Amazon comes to an area, especially maybe a, 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 a neighborhood that uh, maybe a lower income, mm -hmm. and it doesn't help the people there because they're just hiring from everywhere. And, and it's not the direct impact is not helping those those people there. Yeah. Yeah. So no, and we're giving them a lot of tax breaks on top of that. And we don't do it yeah. for small or medium sized businesses. So exactly. that's a problem. No, and right. I don't definitely not for that. Take people from the neighborhood and they get stuck in those jobs. And mm -hmm. that's not the purpose. That's a stepping stone. That's like a forever spot. Right, exactly. Um, well, thank you, Christy. I appreciate you staying on. Um, thank you, everybody, yeah. for joining and just being active and asking these questions because this is what we really need to just be active. Um, take that energy with you to the voting polls and, and just start getting to know more of the candidates and everything like that um, and reach out to her if you have a question. Um, and, yeah, definitely. So thank you, okay. everybody. We appreciate you. Um, and then, I again, Next week, since it is spring break, I'm going to do a couple of the school board candidates. Um, that's something we need, really need to focus on as well, the school board trustees and the school yes. board candidates, because I'll be honest with you, I'm, I have slacked on that. I, I need to know what they're doing. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people are in that same boat. So let's let's do that. Let's start that conversation and find out who we're putting in this people's path uh, for our kids, you know? So, yeah. but thank you, Christy. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Have thank a you. great day. Yes. Thank you.